You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. All right, here we are again on the podcast uh, talking about soy-fed animals and the American food paradigm. So it's very hard in America to find animals who are not fed with soy. This is a big problem. Uh, I think it's probably one of the biggest problems because it's almost impossible to avoid it. And so it, you know, unless you're seeking things out, like you're typing unsoy fed or soy free chicken or soy free eggs or whatever, then you're definitely getting it. And there's no accidents either. There's never a soy free, there's never a soy free chicken that's not labeled as soy free on the package because it's way more expensive. Or at least it's more expensive, yes. And the powers that be and the organic labeling and the fact that uh, the head of Monsanto runs the, you know, head of the agriculture uh, department in the U.S. government um, means that they've found a way to bleed into the organic label a lot of corn and soy, which are possibly non-GMO, and I don't even know, I haven't looked deeper into how much they can cheat in the GMO label either, like what percentages and things like that, but um, but there's definitely, you know, it's not even about sometimes whether it's GMO or not, although that does play a part, it's also about soy itself, you know, and what happened to that plant. So that plant, first of all, really doesn't belong over here on this side of the world. And it's kind of an invasion to some degree, like a Trojan horse. Because, you know, soy has a lot of, a bad, it has a super bad rap in, from the genistein and all the other um, endocrine disrupting agents down to oxalic acid and even aluminum and what it does to the soil and steals all the manganese and magnesium. and It's just, it's a mess. But here in America, because we have so much of it due to a less informed crop rotation cycle in order to use soy to bring nitrogen back into the soil as a cheap way, um, we had to turn that that less intelligent farmer move into a product instead of learning crop rotation and rest of fields and other techniques. And of course, composting being the number one. But so the problem is how to help people where they're at. Well, I would say the most important thing would probably be to type soy-free when you look for things and order your food online, at least in that domain, at least for the potential chicken or eggs. 
So most of the soy goes to feed not pigs, as you would think, and not cow, cattle, um, but uh, birds. Birds are the most, by far even, maybe because they convert it a little better than other animals, and there's a kind of a, <laughs> you know, they're kind of a grain based animal, um, at least in modern agriculture. I mean, they're technically lizards with those big feet. If you shaved them, they're like little pterodactyls. I mean, <laughs> you know, little T-Rexes. They're actually the closest thing to a T-Rex, to be honest with you, that's true genetics. But so they're not just, uh, I don't know if you say gramivore. I think that's, I mean, I say everything in French because that's where I have all my, you know, that's where I went to naturopathic school and learned everything. So I mess the words up sometimes in English after being away for 15 years. But, uh, so yeah, gramivore. So they eat, that's not true. They're actually omnivore and they eat, I mean, they'll destroy a mouse if they can get one. And so, um, so yeah, just understanding that that's the, the area where we're most prone to soy deficiency. I mean, um, soy fed animals. Now it's a big deal. One of the ways you can get around it in the chicken world, and it doesn't mean you fully get around it, but you do your best to yeah is you can buy chicken, like an organic chicken. If you can find small chickens, you know, like, I mean, in Texas, they use quail a lot in the frozen section. Uh, that would work. I mean, you just kind of have to think outside the box. So the quail typically would be better because they won't just eat a whole bunch of soy. Um, and smaller chickens like when you you know we have to start learning to go we don't know what food really looks like you know living in europe buying all these chickens they were like thin and kind of long shaped a little bit and here they're just these round butterballs and like with water and everything blowing them up and and so we can't accept things you know or they'll be softer like they won't be as tough because they feed them soy maybe and i'm not sure if that really makes them softer but um we're just not i mean it's kind of like with the longhorn you know like this amazing genetics in texas that you find certain genetics in texas you don't find anywhere else and that's connected to the freedoms in texas to be honest with you and uh like the red wattle pigs and um but the longhorn it's it's a little bit tougher of a meat, but it has more flavor. So when you eat it, it tastes more flavorful. And and I'm not talking about with thousands of like brisket and barbecue sauce and just like, that's great. I love that stuff, but you don't have to take it that far to make it taste good. It just already tastes good. Like you can eat it almost like, like tartare or medium, uh, I mean rare or whatever, and just with a little salt and just you don't need much to make something taste good when it has the right 
protein profile. And it can't get that profile through a lot of genetic moves and also a lot of the bad feeding. So that's what we've done is we've changed the protein structure of a lot of these animals through soy or genetics. So I feel like a lot of the, you know, pigs may have less soy in their diet now, although they still do because we got the genetics right. Uh, Actually, we got it wrong, but now they've got this really fat genetics. So once they're big and fat and plumpy and all watery, watered down and the taste is watered down, then yeah, you need like to cook, cook forever. And you know, it's like, it's like needing a, uh, what is it? Slow lapse, time elapsed, uh, photography of the sunset. That's what you need now in order to make that sunset look nice. You can't just take a picture of the sunset anymore. You have to like slow elapse it. (laughs) You have to time elapse it to where the flavors come together so much that it looks amazing now. And, um, so, but I mean, to the credit of barbecue and everything is, yeah, it does break down some of that soy protein in there. It gives it the time to break it down. And so there is a positive. And another thing people can do is they can learn to brine again. So brining with salt, brining with pickle juice, and, you know, vinegar if you have nothing else, um, or some combination thereof. I mean, we get all sorts of marinades and things like that, but they need to be based on sea salt, natural sea salt, not powders that have, like, spice extract, MSG, even though it's not labeled as MSG at all is MSG could be natural even, but you got to watch out for it, you know? And, you know, if I take some broth and I cook enough water out of it, I'm going to have a lot of MSG at the end. If I get it down to a powder, it won't be as bad as what they're selling us, which is made through yeast and enzymes. Um, but, it'll still be a high concentration of MSG, which is natural. And so the goal is to get the right balance between things. And so getting out of this world, you know, brining the chicken does help because it's going to break down some of that soy protein, especially if you brine it overnight. You know, like find some pickle juice and just pour a little bit. You don't need a lot, just enough to cover it a little and... Let it sit overnight, maybe turn it over or shake it a couple times or something. Um, Always in glass. That's the other thing is people go straight to plastic. They don't see the difference. They're like, oh, it's fine. Don't do anything with acid and oil in in plastic, especially, or anything at all if you can help it. And definitely anything that's non-refrigerated too, like, you know, like water bottles and Anything that's not refrigerated is going to be even worse because it just triggers that leaching. It opens up the pores, like being out in the heat and halogen and all the lighting and on the shelves. And So milk is the one exception where people don't have to buy glass, although they should if they can. 
it's better to get the best milk you can, even if it's in plastic, because milk typically stays cold and is only in the plastic for a few days. I mean, in the modern world, with all this ultra-pasteurization, it can stay in something for a year, probably, But which is ridiculous. But most milk, especially raw milk, which is what I get, but um, most milk is only, you know, a certain number of days in that cold and the chain of, um, of like, um, can you call it the cold chain? Like, I got it all in French, so it works in French, but I don't know about English. But the chain of temperature, cold temperature, like, um, is never broken. So those are a few ways. Also typing it online. Soy-free eggs is a big deal. So all you farmers out there who are doing soy-fed eggs and chicken, you're not farmers. Those aren't farmers. I mean, if you take it back to France, even far, even people that sell the animal without all of its parts are technically not respectful to the animal and therefore not truly butchers or you know farmers or whoever is you know responsible because we're supposed to bring all of those things to bear that's the, that's one of the rules of modern butch i mean butchery in general is to use all parts of the animal and not just through dog food you know but to use all parts in a smart way for human consumption and the animals can eat the stuff that we won't eat the very slivers on the end, not all the high vitamin foods, which is ridiculous. Like when you go to this dog stand and you see all these livers and all these other parts and, you know, all these organ meats and gelatin based like feet and all this stuff that we should normally have taken, you know, you don't have to eat it. You can like put it into soup and then strain this golden broth or, you know, the liver, you can make liver pate. If you don't like that, you can freeze the liver in little teeny cubes and take it like a pill. You, we have no problem taking pills in this country, so throw these in your mouth and just swallow. <coughs> Frozen. You barely taste anything, and and it can't be replaced in any other way. That's the other thing. We got to stop living in this way of thinking where it's like, wait, what's the difference between topical magnesium and internal magnesium? It's like, well, first thing, they're totally different. It's like two different universes. I mean, it's radically different. Actually, just the milk from a small cattle, Jersey, Guernsey cattle, and a milk in the store, high, high, you know, ultra pasteurized from these industrial cattle that have been engineered and fed to create these huge volumes of milk, just those two milks right there are worlds, universes apart. So imagine taking internal and external magnesium, what the differences are. It's insane. But we've become so accustomed to everything's all the same, right? And it's like, no, there's huge differences in what we're doing with the food. And if you change one parameter towards the good, First of all, it's going to be known. They're going to tell you that on the product, always. Don't fall into all these empty promises. You know, natural, like, 
free, free range, all that stuff doesn't mean anything. Grass-fed doesn't mean anything either. Unless it says 100% grass-fed, unless it says grass-fed and, fa- and grass-finished. And then even then, it's going to be Angus, right? So it's always Angus. Why the same cow everywhere, right? So can we find other genetics? Yes. We might have to go into the lamb department. We might have to go follow the Arabs in our country in their little shops where they order New Zealand lamb for everything from the feet for cooking to all the other parts of the lamb. Heart, kidney, everything. And they actually eat it. So we have to go back. And the sad thing is, sometimes I feel like God's up there going, we're going to have to start a third world war. And then the angel goes, why? And then he's like, well, it's not like God is starting it, right? We, It's our own. <laughs> it's our own actions and karma and things. But, um, well, they just won't eat liver. Really? A third world just to get them to eat liver? Third world war just for that? And if you think about it, it would take that for people to go back to that. That's what it would take. Probably a third world war in order just to get to that. And that's insane. So, um, you know, I've had a lot of people in my life that I've gotten them to try things they've never tried before by using ice cream. So you find a nice ice cream. Uh, you can use Strauss. You can use Alex. Uh, they're at Whole Foods, some of them, Natural Grocer. Um, they're usually from Northern California because it's about the only region in America that you don't have to cheat on the milk because there's it's a milk climate. Also, Pennsylvania has a milk climate. There's a few areas that naturally have amazing milk, right? Um, but a little bit maybe in the flat, like I, I guess near Ohio, there's there's a milk culture there too. But so, um, but you know, taking this ice cream and mixing it with liver in a blender, that simple, a little water. Um, and you can strain it if you want after that, and then you can just down it. It's just a glass. It tastes just like a chocolate shake. Exactly. Except for the back taste has a little blood in it. And you can get a pretty big dose too. I mean, I was, uh, I threw a, probably a four by six, maybe, yeah, maybe bigger than that, but like a four by six, uh, five, uh, four by eight, maybe, um, slice of liver in there and this girl drank it and she felt warmth all throughout her body reddening all in her face everything getting coming back into life like crazy and then the long-term benefits of healing b12 and other deficiencies copper and things that she had a hard time getting i mean liver pills can work too but they're not as good So it's like, and now she kind of wants them. And uh, anyway, so you can do a lot of things like that. Actually, you may not believe this, but for children in Vietnam, 
the cultures would put a little bit of liver. I think it was like goat liver. And okay, you know, you could say freeze it for 14 days so there's no parasites or any eggs or anything, which is ridiculous because there's none of that stuff in there anyway. They, they just like get you all scared about everything. And especially in cheap food climates where you have this kind of worry because everything's done wrong. But either way, if it's frozen, then it can't hurt anything. So that's it. And and of a good quality, right? Cheap quality stuff like is not good. But, you know, like if you can get farmer's market, there you go. Call them. You know, we got to stop being lazy. Pick up the phone. Uh, go to a farmer's market. Take down all their vendors. You can find that online. Call each one. Call all those farms. It's take you an hour. You can find some amazing food that way. And uh, so put the liver, you know, get the right liver and bam, you have something that's amazing for health. You know, inside the lobster, there's this green stuff called tamale. Uh, this stuff is amazing for libido, stamina, strength. Uh, it's like a B12 shot and it tastes a little bit like cobalt. B12 is called cobalamine, but it has like a metallic bitter kind of taste to it. And it's kind of bluish. So it's like a B12 shot right there in the body, not the head. It's the body of the lobster. It's the liver. It's, it's these pieces of the liver and stuff. So we throw all this out. We, t we trash it. Sometimes you can't even get it delivered to you in a restaurant anymore. They'll just trash it. They just clean it. They call it cleaning it. So we've just become dead to it, you know. They'd be better off taking that out and mixing it with mayo and some sort of like lobster salad than they would just trashing everything. And they could have totally hidden it from you if they did that. But just culinary wisdom is lacking and so we have just so many things to correct here um but the soy fed paradigm is crazy because what it does is it destroys the ideal human form and it just contributes to all of the bad shapes in the bodies we see and the heads it's almost like i call it the like K2, it's like the enemy of K2. K2 tries to seek to reconnect with the human form the way it's supposed to be. Like there's so many things you notice coming from France back into America. And they're not perfect either because they've lost a lot of their traditions. But there's pockets that are traditional there where you see the human form play itself out. And it's not just in like, you know, like, like, black or other racial cultures that have other races and cultures that have, um, you know, like a strong genetics and strong form and, you know, better form, you could say retained form, less exposure to probably these types of foods. Um, and so, no, I'm talking about just a typical French population. And, uh, I mean, you go to Ireland, you can't find that same look at all. Like, there's an emaciation and a 
diff- like, but, so there's something they're eating, you know, and of course the French are famous for Vic K2 with foie gras. They're famous for that. But if you look at the way the legs are shaped, a lot of these American girls, these teenagers, the legs are a little bit, not, not birdie, but there's like a, there's like a thin thigh part. Uh, and then there's like almost like a, like straight down, like line, less, less tone and curve. Now you can like have people that are all sports out and they kind of like push that to a certain degree. Um, but just in general, it's not the normal shape of the leg. It's subtle, but it's just different. The shape of the leg is not right. Um, and there is an ideal form. So there can be right and wrong here, even though everybody can be totally different, and that's not wrong. But there is, a, there is an ideal form, and we can't lose sight of it. Um, so just like we can't lose sight of it, that we were made in God's image and that there's a divine form too. We can't lose sight of any of these things or we just cheapen everything. You know, don't know what you got till it's gone basically. And, uh, but especially you see it on the, the butt, the breast tissue. Sometimes it's like very lymphoid and fibrose and what's these words you know it's just kind of like it's like diluted the skin you see that a lot a lot of these big breasted women this like dilution kind of look on their skin you could say oh that's more in like the white trash world and it's true nutrition plays a part or whatever trash you know but you know I don't even like that term but it's more like you know, there's educational stuff there. And, um, yeah, Amish, you can order from the Amish. You can order from online. Sometimes you can order a lot of imports. Sometimes you can go to import shops. Even in Asian shops, I've found better chicken (laughs) imported from Canada in the frozen section. Now that's rare. But um, then I've found other items, like I said, quail, and I don't know about turkey because I I have a feeling that's pretty contaminated. Um, uh, Turkeys in France were much smaller entities (laughs) than they are here. So, um, but yeah, if you can hunt too, you know. You know, from rabbit to turkey to, if you can hunt, venison. They're trying to shut down everything right now. I've heard that the biggest supplier of venison in the world, even though it's illegal to supply it in the States, that's already strange. Um, It has to be farmed. You know, they tried to shut this person down because he had a lot of the races. You know, I guess he had a lot of different genetics so I don't know much about that story, but this is what someone told me. So we have to get out of this stuff. And if not, go to lamb. Lamb, the genetics are safer. 
uh, imported lamb is easy to find so far. You know, you might have to find like parts to like sheep neck and all this stuff, like from farms or frozen section of stores, you know, but to get like gelatin or better broth because we're, we, our food supply is basically screwed and you could say, yeah, well, it's all we have. And even then we're having supply chain issues. It's like true. It is all happening. They are spraying stuff in the air to destroy agriculture. They are able to create more rainfall or more snow or they can whip things up. It doesn't mean they can create all the weather, but they can definitely aggravate it. And they know. I mean, China used planes to send little particles into the air of, I think, silver or aluminum during the Olympics in order to this was a positive use of the technology, you could say, but in order to make the storms not go over the Olympics, and they were successful. The storms went all around the Olympics, but not over it. So we got to be open to tr- truth and stop calling things conspiracy and stop fighting that part of ourselves, and we need to face some of this stuff. We need to go down into that dungeon inside of ourselves and rescue that inner child as a metaphor for all the broken human traffic children that we're going to need to rescue subsequently once we wake up. So the days of cowardice have to end and comfort. And we have to kind of get closer to the edge of our own level of comfort. And I feel like a lot of things in my life have put me on closer to that. They've put me, whether I like it or not, on a kind of constant flow of challenge and pain in order to allow me to be less used to just a gentle breeze um, in these trying times. But, yeah, so we have to fix the food supply. We have to know about it first. And, of course, organ meats and the blood, too. Like, you can buy blood from, like, Chinese shops um, in the frozen section. It's usually from the Philippines. But, you know, this can be used in cooking. We don't use it typically, but but Europeans do. And uh, there's all sorts of blood sausage, blood pudding, black bread, all this stuff that you wouldn't even know tasted. I mean, it tastes great. When you go to Ireland and they slice up a piece of this black bread and then fry it, you don't know that it's like, you know, sausage and blood and stuff mixed. You just taste this fried, really tasty thing. You know, it has a sweet kind of background, even though it's not sweet. I'm just saying it's not strange tasting. It, it it's, a, it's interesting when things cook what, what, what it does. So, I've seen like bran muffins made with it too that you never know. There's no way you could tell. Um, so, just there's just a lot of stuff that's less compromised in a compromised food system that we're going to have to figure out from the organs, the blood, etc. 
So we're having to learn a lot of stuff, and I got a feeling it's going to increase. So try to stay above water, because otherwise you can't troubleshoot anything in your body. And we all become prey to the poisoning phase, is what I call it. All these like pre-COVID variant, pre-whatever stuff they're doing, before they release their kraken, they usually poison everybody first. So it's like, oh... Is this the environment or is this the thing that they're doing, this variant? I think it's both. I think it's kind of childish to think it's only one, like only the environment. Because it's you underestimate the devil. He's got all sorts of environments, the outer and the inner, covered very well. In some ways, he's within all of us. And so we have to, in our heart, we have to wage that battle to find truth. So it's not like he doesn't control environments that are that deep. Or you could say dark forces, whatever the terminology for you, greed, the globalist, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same. I just use whatever word comes up for me, but I'm not allergic to words. If I know what someone means, we're good. I don't have to like, that's not within my religious paradigm. Or that's not within, the, you know. He said the word karma. I'm a Christian. That's bad. I don't do that. If a word fits and another culture came up with a word better than the words that we have for the same idea, then just borrow and learn to borrow. Just like we do with cooking with all these French words and, you know, like, you put meringue on top of a pie, you call it a la mode. It's a French word, but you use it because that's the way, right? Or there's other examples. So you can fight over it and be like, no. Or you can just, like, say, okay. Um, but I digress. <laughs> so... Finding this stuff is very important. And natural forms of K2 that can balance some of the soy can be found in cream and butter and egg yolks and things, but it all has to be soy-free. The problem with the feed is they're doing organic soy feed now, Purina and all these companies, and then they're buying out all the other feed options to where you're forced to feed the chickens this crap. And... What we're trying to teach people is that they don't have to, to go that route. You know, the the best fed chickens in France are called the poulet de Bresse. And the Bresse chicken is famous even here. People, butchers know about it. They're very expensive. But, you know, you can, bro you can bro put these chickens in a broth and cook that for 24 hours. And that bone is not moved. Most bones, you can knock the head off the bone with your fingertip after 24 hours. It just falls off. But not the breast. That bone is not moving. It take you a lot longer than that, if ever, to, to knock that head of that bone off. I mean, eventually, yes, with acid and cooking, it, it will break down. But, um, you know, or vinegar, wine, whatever you want to call it. And um, so... These chickens, 
they're only fed two ingredients. I mean, there might be a little bit of a supplemental add-on, you know, like some sort of complex or something. But in general, from what I understand, it's just raw milk and wheat berries and probably not genetically, you know, or super hybridized wheat berries. Like you can find some older ones, like Polish wheat would be good. You can find like heirloom kind of maybe einkorn might be expensive, but, um, but there is like wheat varieties that you can use. And, um, you know, Rouge Bordeaux, I saw that one. Um, there's, there's like high mountain central milling wheat. There's, there's, there's all sorts of weird stuff out there, but we just go straight to the most basic. So, so these berries, wheat berries, basically wheat, um, it can also be fermented or you could say sprouted, um, in part and given to the chickens, um, at varying stages and like, and make a mix of all that and that with the raw milk. I mean, those two ingredients right there, if you're on a typical farm, they don't have to be expensive. Um, you should be growing that for those chickens, right? And then we're done, and we don't need their food. Now, and and just study tradition, right? But we don't, you know, we go straight into the dependency cycle with Purina soy, organic soy BS food for our chickens. And it just ruins the whole, it ruins everything. It ruins everything, and people don't even know it. They move into the dark side, and not only that, but their karma goes that way too. It's just like with the pesticide usage. You know, I had some people I knew, they were doing pecans, and I found out later, because the pecans kind of made me a little undigestible, Like there, and it wasn't just the typical reasons, like phytic acid, and, you know, I would soak them in salt water, for sea salt and water for like overnight. And then I would dehydrate them for like, you know, a certain number of hours. And so I was doing them right, making crispy nuts or whatever they call that. Like the American Indians did in order to avoid the phytic acid that's in the nuts and to kill all the mycotoxins that are on the surface of all nuts. Like I was doing that. It doesn't mean it destroys the oxalic acid, by the way, if you're worried about that, that's still there. So nuts in general would probably be skipped over if you have to have a low oxalate diet. Um, or it would just be like basic small, small amount. Um, and, you know, even the nut madness apparently was not as big in our culture as it became. Uh, like, you know, before where we came from, you know, out of Europe. Nuts were much more, um, I think they had a way of processing things differently too, but they weren't a staple. At least in France, they weren't. I mean, you can find a little bit of, I mean, if I really look at France, I don't see them eating a lot of nuts in general, with the exception of maybe walnuts. And they could eat those fresh. Like when you eat them fresh, um, 
there's none of that. Um, they don't have the same properties. It's a totally different animal, fresh walnuts. And I don't think most people have ever even seen them. Like they're like green. And you got to peel this layer off. And, you know, it's totally another beast. But, um, so, so yeah. And, and so they were doing this with the, the, the pecans. And I mean, I eventually kind of asked a few questions and they said, Oh yeah, well, yeah, we use Roundup just for underneath the trees so we can kill off the grass so we can see the pecans. So it's easier to pick them up. And I'm thinking, I wonder if there's another method, <laughs> like a net or, you know, some other like type of grass that you plant or, you know what I mean? Like some other move that, you know, or yeah, some other move than that move. Exactly. <laughs> Which maybe take a little work, you know, to set up some sort of little low hanging, like, ramps there and everything falls into or, or whatever the, the operation is, which, you know, imagine you got hundreds and hundreds of trees. It's a lot of work. Um, so I get it. It's kind of the lazy way, but the problem is, is then, then they, you know, the mother had cancer and that was the first thing I thought was the roundup, you know, not only that, but the karma, there's a karma there too, because when you go down into that, you bring harm into the environment. And so you kind of ask for a certain karma, too, by doing that. So I'd be very careful about that and try not to contribute in any off way to the environment. I mean, we have to to some degree. You can't, I mean, in France you can find detergent, which is made from savon de Marseille, which you could call, I guess, like a type of natural um, soap, kind of like what we call uh, Castile soap. So it's like a laundry detergent made out of Castile soap, a little bit like a Dr. Bronner's version of, you know, whatever. And this is great because you could, you know, in America, I can't find that. So I have to contribute negatively to my environment, at least in that one aspect of my life of washing clothes. So, that's one place that, you know, but I was, but on the, all the other levels, like chemicals and things you pour down the drain and stuff, it's got to be super rare. I don't even buy any chemicals for any, anything. I have no chemicals at all, you know, like bleach and vinegar, and lemon, and things like that. Uh, it's only laundry detergent and maybe dishwashing soap which I try to get as natural as I can, as long as they work. Um, and so, or use combinations. Like I have to use vinegar with my dish soap to make it work better. Tertiary weapons, binary weapon, <laughs> meaning, I don't know if they call that tertiary. What's the binary version of that? Um, maybe that is it, but... Um, so there's a lot of stuff to do to avoid this stuff seriously. And we're all going to have to wake up to it. 
And so the best way, I always recommend it, is foie gras. That's the best way. Order a few cans, Rouge brand, online um, from Canada. They're not expensive. They're about 25 bucks a can. Get about three or four of them every season. I mean, every change of season. Go ahead and buy three or four of these. It'll cost you about 100 bucks. Eat all of them. Recharge your K2. $400 a year, the best money you'll ever spend because it's the only place you can get concentrated K2 in your environment. K2 is out there and, you know, yellow butter and, you know, certain in the middle of June and krill and that you have to get krill like somehow <laughs> salmon oil or krill or something that's not been processed, which is tough. A lot of this stuff you buy. Um, the processing is the biggest part of it. There's always a refining and an extraction and a removing and wintering. And so, um, so this is the way to get it. And I personally believe that if duck farms and goose farms, or would you say geese farms, geese farms, um, if they're not starting to pop up around the country in freer areas such as Texas in the future, then we're in trouble because there has to be a fight for this stuff. It's no coincidence that they're trying to make foie gras illegal in California and New York. (laughs) And one, I think another state has, there's like three or four States now. It's, it's no coincidence. It's because they're trying to shut off a whole future. They call it animal rights, which is ridiculous. So that's the other thing, is we have to see the animal differently. We can't be staring at ducks and geese and dogs as with this, like, anthropomorphism of they are like me. I am like them. I must be their protector I must look at, you know, I must, I mean, I'm not saying we're not like each other. What I'm saying is I must be their protector. They are weak. I must protect them from, because like when you see yourself saying all this stuff, it's your own broken inner child that you're speaking to. Because the truth is the animal's not weak. The animal's strong. The duck is strong. And it has a very millionaire you know, millionaire in French, you would say, but I guess that means like it has a m- millenniums uh, and thousands of years of helping our brains, our bodies through what it's offered to humanity. Same with the cow, same with the pig. And we, they either suffer or are sacrificed or our children suffer and are sacrificed and their brains and their hearts through lack of cholesterol and animal foods and things like that. And so we have to see this thing clearly. It's like they suffer or our children suffer. And we, but our, our goal is to make their suffering the least possible. And I I mean, I'm not talking about dogs. We don't eat dogs, but, um, but we do the same teddy bear thing where we project onto them. And we don't see their actual role as strong creatures created by the creator 
that have a contribution that we have to figure out that we should, you know, dogs aren't here to eat all of our high vitamin foods while we just eat like, you know, wonder bread and, and cheeseburgers and throw all the rest of the animal out. And then the dogs eat that. That's not the right world. That's a world moving towards madness. And so we've gotten ourselves into that. Um, by doing this kind of thing, see the duck in the right way. When you start eating the foie gras and you realize that the ducks don't suffer per se, they line up for it. They, it's like when they prepare to fly for the winter, it's the same thing. They build up stores and the liver gets bigger. And so it's the same process, but amplified. And here's the funny thing is they discovered that whenever it's not amplified and you just follow the natural way, meaning how they naturally would bulk up a little bit before they fly for the winter, that in this case, there's less K2. And that the K2 heightens as human intervention occurs, meaning as we start to add more to that and give them even more food, which they line up for, they don't have like, they're not choking. They don't have a gag reflex like we do. They just, you know, and you can't overfeed them because if you do, um, then they won't process the food. And then the, the, the liver has a, has a steatoresis, a really fatty quality. So the whole thing is just backwards. The truth is, is that they eat this stuff and man contributes just like with milk and cows and everything else. These are connections between man and nature that we try to pretend nature should just be left alone. It's not true. Nature should be, we should, this is part of stewardship. Like, think about it. The animals have a group soul. We have an individual soul. Their group soul has to be fostered by stewardship. It's our job to have a very variety of genetics. Actually, we dist- we are become bad stewards when we make every single meat on the planet from black Angus. That is improper care of animals. The animals, it's all about keeping their genetics strong. So we should have thousands of different races and we should cultivate that. That's how you save the animals is you keep their genetics strong. You don't just like everybody stops eating meat. No one focuses on animals anymore. And most of their genetic strains die out. That is not husbandry. That is not helping the animals. So there's just like a childishness in how we look at animals, which has to end because it's going to get, it's going to darken. And then we're going to realize that we'd thrown away so much that would have been good for our children and our brains and our hearts. And we'd given that same energy over to big pharma and then they'll take care of us. And then at the end of our life, filled with deficiencies that we were the whole time anyway, we walk straight into the hands of Big Pharma and we never get out. We have an enslaved last chapter of our lives. And if we're lucky, enough memory to sense some sort of spirituality in ourselves. And so we basically get autismed at the end. You know, and we don't want that we want a free human being and the best way to get there is one that understands the animal not pities it understands it understands what stewardship is
And it doesn't mean you're, I'm out there just killing shit, you know, just to be doing it. But, you, you, you know, like the American Indians, they, they had a lot of worship of the animals to some degree, even though it wasn't worship like God. And some of it was, which is what was kind of backwards about some of their views. And, and people can have backwards views, you know, like look at the Maori. Like they spent all of their tribes did nothing but create those heads on the island until the island eroded because of the trees they used to roll those heads into positions. And then they had no more soil because uh, no more good soil, topsoil, everything had eroded. And so they died out. So, yeah, it was a stupid tribe. They gave too much to the wrong gods and they weren't able to decipher between earthly and spiritual and balance those needs. They just went all straight towards their gods who basically had them killed off. <laughs> so yes, that kind of stupidity happens. And, and there's a lot of it. There's tons of tribes in the world that were stupid and they may have been smart with food and certain things, which we can learn from, but on the, there's, there's a, you know, not everybody follows the right master. And so this can lead to trouble. And that master is available to all, not just us. There, it's always there, especially in today's world. Anybody has access to that. I don't care where you come from. No matter what religion, faith, country, you can find your way to that door. So no excuses, but yeah, we got to figure this stuff out because it surrounds us and they've got us in the body and it's only going to get worse unless we figure it out, do a convention of the states, realize that's the only power we have left in this constitution, learn that we don't know much about the Bible or the constitution yet. We're just beginning to learn about these things just at the very beginning of our understanding of these things. And um, only the arrogant mind thinks that we've got it already. Nope. Just now starting. And all these things are going to come together because we're going to start learning about, for example, with the Constitution, how the Convention of the States was to be part of muscle that was supposed to be used and we've only used it a few times, and it came about in, under different circumstances. But this thing needs to become part of our system. Like, it needs to be yearly, if not every three or four years, but yearly. And so we have to build that up to where the people start to balance out the power of the Congress. And the people can change the Constitution through the convention at 75% vote and go above and over the head of even the president and go above and over the head of the Constitution itself. So, yeah, there's danger. And, of course, dark powers would want to thwart and subvert that part for their usage. But it's a risk we have to take. And so getting to that stage 
strangely connects with like the 12 step world where they use a convention in a similar way. So maybe they're leading the charge, the 12 steps underneath and showing us how a better system, a self-corrective system can work. And a threefold system. So it's kind of the beginning of that. Um, and so um, building up to that, using that to reinforce border and voter, this, that, and the other, and get things back in the Constitution, um, eliminate terms, um, you know, so that you can't have multiple long-term, like, senators and all this kind of stuff that got us into this mess. I mean, are they going to vote themselves out of that or sign laws to get themselves out? No. So we have to do that. And so that has to build up. And as that builds up, we will be able to push the the USDA and the FDA and all those entities around. They will have to submit. They will submit when the people stand up and hold them accountable through the Convention of the States. And then we'll get all the genetics back. Then we'll be able to breed the longhorn with all the other cattle and rustify those races. Then we'll be able to breed the red wattle in Texas and all these other European races back and rustify and re-bring back those older genetics that are thinner, less fat, you know, um, and tastier and better for us. So until that happens, we're in this stuck state where we can't really, where, where, where what we can do is, you know, I believe that God never gives you a temptation that you can't overcome. So otherwise that type of temptation won't be sent if it can't be overcome. So we got a temptation here to just blame and not see and push up further, push, kick the can down the road you know, from human trafficking to everything else to start looking at what's happening and start doing something about it. If, if people heard this and didn't go run off to their first farmer's market in an attempt to try to change some things in their life and talk to farmers, it doesn't mean that all the farmer's markets are the bomb. Some of them suck. Some of them have the exact same stuff as in grocery stores. You're like, oh my God. But most of them and certain vendors in some of them can provide you with something you could never get in a store like soy-free chickens and soy-free eggs and raw milk and things like that. We really should only have three or four items in that whole (laughs) H-E-B. If we had done eggs and butter and bread and meat and milk right, we would have a very small store which but would be the bomb like everybody would be happier health would be there there'd be like 10 items in the damn store (laughs) actually there'd be more than that but it would still be a very small store but now we're just in the great illusion that we have something that's going to help us i can't eat like 99 percent of what's in those stores uh grocery stores
There's a 1% edibility in pretty much everything I come in contact with. So that wasn't the case in Europe. In Europe, you could eat, I could eat probably 20, 30% in the stores because all those animals weren't so contaminated. So, but anyway, there is a way. You just have to know about it and see what it does to you. Watch what it does. You can't, you can spend years in the gym and never overcome your deficiency with this vitamins. You can make your body look amazing and it'll disform, it'll deform your heart. It'll deform other tissue. It'll make your brain weak. It'll do other things. So we got to figure this stuff out. I do believe in working things out and sweating and getting toxins out and shaping the body and stuff to some degree. But you have to remember we're here to heal the body, soul, and spirit, not just the body. So a life of gym rat, like body focus, is another way that they divert us from our spiritual aim. And so we have to be aware of the ripoff in that move, too. And realize, why is the food kidding me to the point where I have to do all of this stuff all the time? Like, anyway. Well, this is a long one. That's good. I haven't done it in a while. So maybe there'll be some new nuggets for some people. And yeah, I'm going to try to just uh, think positive and hope for the best and try to at least get the word out there. You know, like I said, like the chicken feed. If people would realize there's another way to do things, then they could all do it differently. But until then, they just fall right into the same trap. So, hopefully, little minions running around with information. You know, it's like I have a book I wrote. One of the quotes that I put in there was, A little bit of light can piss off a whole galaxy of darkness. And it's true. We don't need much, just a little bit, and it just, like, shines. So, anyway, have a good day.